Welcome to Kevin Connors Podcast. In this series, Kevin presents a summary of his best-selling book, The Foundations of Christian Doctrine. Visit kevinconnor.org for details about where to purchase this popular textbook. Now, what I want to share in this session on Satan and demonology, uh, especially a certain section here, has really helped me over the years because, uh, uh, like you, I'm sure all of you have said that, one of my big questions is when I see the Lord, <laughs> though he probably mightn't bother, is why did God permit sin to enter the universe? Why? And why did he allow Adam and Eve to fall? You know, why, why? Anybody going to ask that question like me? When we think of all the suffering and the terror and the result of sin, I think, why, 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 why? Okay, I want to hopefully answer some of that tonight. I haven't got all the answers, that's why I'm going to ask Jesus, but I hope hope it'll help you. Now, by way of introduction, we're continuing on from uh, our previous session on the realm of angels. Uh, We're looking at Satan and demonology. On, on your notes, I'd like you to just make so, a note of some of these facts. Sin began in heaven. That's really important. Sin did not begin on earth. Sin began in heaven. And sin came to earth. <clears throat> That's why Paul in Romans uh, uh, 5, I think it is, he said, sin entered the world. Where did it enter from? It came from the angelic realm. So sin began in heaven. And it came to earth, sin entered the world. And listen to this one. Because sin began in heaven, I'll give you the scripture in a moment, heaven has been defiled by sin. And you see, we are, I mean, include myself, we're all pretty self-centered when it comes to salvation. Jesus came to save me, and if I was the only one in the world, he would have died for me. Hey, the plan of redemption is bigger than little us. Because not only does earth, pardon me, <clears throat> come out in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> or go down. <laughs> it goes one way or the other. All right, now, now think of this. That, uh, what was I saying? It was a good thought. Oh, that's right. Heaven has been defiled. And so not only does uh, earth have to be cleansed, but heaven has to be cleansed. Listen to the scripture, and I'd like you to put it down. It's not on your notes. Job 15, 15. Job 15, 15. And it says, the heavens are not clean in your sight. That's an awesome verse. Why are the heavens plural, not just the heaven? Because we'll be dealing with three heavens later on. But the heavens are not clean in your sight. Why are the heavens not clean in God's sight? Because sin began there. At the very throne of God. So Jesus came down from heaven to earth to redeem mankind and cleanse the earth. But Jesus also took his body and blood back to heaven because heaven has to be cleansed. And that's why in Revelation 12, which I read to you before, There was war in heaven with Michael and his angels against the devil and his angels and the devil and his angels, hallelujah, were cast out to the earth. And it says, rejoice ye heavens, plural, it's more than that that meets the ear, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth because the devil's come down to you. 
So you've got to, we've, got to, we've got to enlarge our vision that the plan of redemption is so vast beyond little me and little you. So, and the death of Jesus is so vast, touching two worlds, heavens and earth. Amen? So heavens have to be cleansed. Uh, let's go over to, while I'm just indulging here, students used to say we like it t- indulgence is better than your teaching, Kevin. Go over to Hebrews chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9, and uh, we'll pick up, uh, pardon me, <clears throat> getting too excited here, uh, he- Hebrews 9 verse 12, and I'm reading from New King James here, it says, not, uh, I'd better read verse 11, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Then go down to verse 22. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. That's the tabernacle of Moses he's talking about. But the heavenly things themselves were better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Because heaven has to be cleansed. Because sin began there. That's what we're going to be talking about. Now, um, turn over, turn over. I'd like you to look at this one uh, to our first reference here. A, the original sinner. Uh, that was on the introduction and review. Lucifer, Satan. I want you to go to Ezekiel chapter 28. How many are feeling excited about the Word of God? All right, Ezekiel 28. And uh, I've uh, put down for your notes verses 1 to 19, but we haven't got the time to fully read it. Uh, So I want you to go down to verse uh, 11. Verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, uh, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You are the seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared in, uh, for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I establish you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within you. You sinned. Therefore, I cast you out as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery uh, stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom 
For the sake of your splendor, I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze upon you. All right, that's all we've got time for now. Uh, on your notes here, uh, the, the, there's debate over this passage of Scripture, whether it's referring to the devil or the king of Tyrus. Uh, what I've got on my notes here, and this is a school I would be in, we refer to this as the law of double reference. Let me explain that briefly. Uh, often the Bible uh, uses the law of double reference. In other words, in speaking to one person, we're speaking to the person behind that person. Let me quickly illustrate because of time. Uh, when, when, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And Peter gave the great confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. I say also unto you, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Then after that, Jesus began to talk about going to the cross. And as soon as he said about, I'm going to go to the cross, I'm going to be killed, raised again the third day, uh, killed by the Pharisees and scribes and everything, uh, we're told, strong language, uh, Peter took hold of Jesus and began to rebuke him. That was a strong word. Uh, just, can you picture Peter taking hold of Jesus? I rebuke you, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Uh, <laughs> You're not going to any cross. If you go to the cross, where do I fit in? What about the keys of the kingdom? And my, my bet here, if I'm going to be the first pope, uh, uh, sorry, uh, no. <laughs> and Jesus turned to Peter and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You see, one minute Peter gets a thought from God, you're the Christ, the Son, living God. Next minute, the same mind gets a thought from the devil. You're not going to any cross. And Jesus didn't tell Peter to come and vomit out the demon, bring his bucket. Some of you, will, that will mean something to you. Others, you, you're in blissful ignorance. <laughs> he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Because you see, in talking to one person, he was talking to the person behind the person. Everybody get that? Okay, so that's what we mean by a law of double reference. So in the notes we've got here, referring, and I believe it refers to Lucifer, Satan, before his fall. He's a real being, number one. Number two, he's a spirit being, created, number three, a created being. And that's why the devil's not omnipresent, omniscient. He doesn't know our thoughts. He knows human nature. He's studied that enough, but he doesn't know. Uh, his created being is limited. He was the anointed cherub. Think of the anointing. He was the cherub covering the throne of God and he was in Eden, the Edenic paradise. The earthly Eden was a shadow on earth of the heavenly Eden. He was in God's holy mountain, the mountain speaks of a kingdom. He was perfect in the day when he was created, full of wisdom, beauty of God, ornamentation of precious stones like in the breastplate of the high priest. And he used the worship and music uh, ministry and leader. You know, this is a frightening thing that when, when Lucifer sinned, God did not take his ministry of music away. He did not take his wisdom away. What happened to it? It became corrupted. And see, music's a wonderful thing, but you think of the satanic music and acid rock and pinky rock and stinky rock and all the other rock, and <laughs> enough to rock anybody. Uh, how Christians feed their mind on that they say, oh, it doesn't do any, anything to me. It goes in one ear of the air. I said, yes, yeah, the damage it does on the way through. I like a little bit of godly music. Thank you, Kevin, for that good point. That must have been for someone. All right, so th 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 this, is, this is Lucifer as he was. Now, go to letter B here, and you've got some fill-ins on the, on the chart here. Now, 
As I did on this pattern before, we're going to pick this up in a moment, but I believe that there were, out of the 12 archangels, there were three chief archangels. Three of them are mentioned in the Bible. All right, now what I prefer to say here is we have Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel. All right, now, Lucifer, now why I've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit here, make sure you understand what I'm saying here. We're not saying that Lucifer was the father. He, he became the father of lies. But Lucifer was the archangel of the father, representing the father. And then Michael was the archangel of the son, representing the son. I'll explain that a bit more fully in a moment. And then Gabriel was the archangel of the Holy Spirit, representing the Holy Spirit. So out of the 12 archangels... God chose three, Michael, Lucifer, and Gabriel. Uh, I'll fill in a little bit more of the puzzle in a moment. Now, so Lucifer represented the Father. He led the worship of the angelic hosts in heaven. Michael represents the Son, and Gabriel represents the Holy Spirit, uh, representation. Okay, now Lucifer, his name means day star, day star. And then Michael means like God or Godlike. Like God will be sufficient. So Michael means like God. So how many Michaels here? Someone says to you, Michael, be like God. Okay. Michael like God. And Gabriel means the strength of God. Now picture this. I'll try and slow down a little bit. So Lucifer, day star. Michael, like God. And Gabriel, strength of God. Now, I want to give you a couple of scriptures here. Now, the ministry, in your next column here, by the way, uh, the next block here, uh, the ministry of Lucifer was he was the light bearer and full of wisdom and was the worship leader. They're the main things I want you to put in the block. So, the light bearer and wisdom and worship leader. For Michael... Down that block there, second block. His ministry is always in conflict with Satan and always associated with the resurrection of the body. Okay, I'll give you a couple of, you've got scriptures there, if you can take the references up there. So Michael is always associated with conflict with Satan and resurrection of the body. And Gabriel is always associated with the sanctuary ministry and messianic revelation and interpretation. All right, now let me just confirm that. In the scriptures you've got on the PowerPoint there, you've got the scriptures on uh, Lucifer, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. Put those scriptures together, light bearer, wisdom, worship leader. And the scriptures under Michael, you've got Daniel 10 and Daniel 12. But I want you to turn to this one in Jude 9. Jude 9, and, and I'm sure that you realize, as I have over the years, we, we so often surface read the Bible, and we skip so much, we miss so much, just little things. But listen to this, Jude and verse 9, it's on your, on your PowerPoint there. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, not Moses' soul, not Moses' spirit. 
He disputed about the body of Moses. He dare not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. Can you just briefly pick that? Moses died, and we're told the Lord buried him. But I believe that Moses was raised from the dead. How do I know that? Because he turned up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah. So when the time came for God to raise Moses from the dead, to be on the Mount of Transfiguration with Elijah, the, the devil contended with Michael. Now, Michael is the archangel of the resurrection. The devil is the archangel of death. Please notice this. I'm watching my language. So two archangels here are like are having a fisty cuff. <laughs> and Michael is going to the archangel of the resurrection, because representing Jesus, I'm the resurrection life. Archangel of the resurrection. He's going to raise Moses from the dead, according to God's word. But the devil, who's the archangel, says, no, you can't. Moses sinned with his lips. He didn't get in the promised land. And you can't raise him. And so... Contrary to a lot of Christians who don't have sometimes much wisdom, Michael didn't rebuke the devil. He said, the Lord rebuke you. And sometimes the way I hear some ministers and Christians talk about the devil, hey, the devil's a mighty figure. He's not almighty, almighty, but uh, a little bit of respect doesn't hurt. And you see, Michael had enough. He said, the Lord rebuke you. And Moses was raised from the dead. Then we've already read Revelation chapter 12. Uh, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the devil and his angels. So Michael's always in conflict there. And then Gabriel, when you go through the references I've given you on Gabriel, this is what you find. In the book of Daniel, Gabriel appears to Daniel and gave him the notable 70-week prophecy. No, so much con controversy about that. But he gave him the 70-week uh, week prophecy. He also gave him the revelation. And listen to this. The, the, there's more in it than meets the ear. He gave him the revelation of the cleansing of the sanctuary. Which sanctuary? The church or the heavenly sanctuary? He gave him the revelation. And, and then not only did uh, Gabriel do that, he came to John the Baptist's father-to-be, Zacharias, and said, you're going to have a son. You're going to call his name John. And because he didn't believe, he was struck dumb for nine months while mum was pregnant with John. And then Gabriel also turned over and saw the Virgin Mary and said, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the son of God, the Messiah. So Gabriel's always associated like representing the Holy Spirit in messianic revelation and interpretation. Right, that, that's all we can say on that, those three archangels. All right, now let's continue with our uh, picture. Everybody doing okay? Are you thinking? Is that the noise I heard? Okay, now listen to this. We've got to pick up the next part here. I want to go now under letter C and look at the fall of Lucifer. But before I do, I need to fill in. Now, remember I said we have this order here. 3, 12, 70 in the host. Let's add another part to the picture. 3, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. 12, uh, 1, let's, uh, let's see this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. 12 archangels and listen to it, one of the 12 fall. Then we have the 70 and then the host. 
Now that happened in heaven. One of the 12 archangels fell, Lucifer. Now when you go to the next ones I've given you, we have God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons. One of the 12 sons fall, Reuben, lost his birthright. Then when we go to the pattern again, to the church, Jesus, we have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus chose 12 apostles. One of the 12 apostles fall, Judas. You see, this pattern that is right through the Word of God, we have this 3, 12, 70, but one of the 12 falls. When you get to Revelation chapter 12, there's a woman there who's got a diadem of 12 stars. You'll find one of them becomes the Antichrist. See, the first Antichrist was up in heaven, near the throne of God. We've just got to think big because we're not just playing church. One of the 12 falls. All right, so three, 12 cents. And then, isn't it interesting that out of the 12, God chose three, Gabriel, uh, Lucifer, Michael, and Gabriel. Out of the 12, Jesus chose three on three occasions, Peter, James, and John. They were there on the Mount of Transfiguration. They were dead. there when somebody was raised from the dead. They were there in the garden. Why did he pick out of the 12 three? I mean, where do you go with this? It just, I'm sorry, I think the Bible's inspired, don't you? Amen. Yeah. Oh, it keeps repeating itself. All right, now I want you to go to the heart of it and the heavy part here, but let's go to his fall now. All right, let us see his fall. Now, I'd like you to, because I want to sort of, you know, preach, teach a bit here, I want you to go through some of the scriptures with me, and I want you to, I'm going to play on this word fall, because we're talking about the fall and uh, how sin entered, the mystery of iniquity. Uh, let's go, first of all, and if you've got your Bible, please, please bear with me, and I'd like you to mark your Bible if you haven't already. Let's go to Isaiah chapter tw- uh, 14, Isaiah 14. And we'll pick up in um, verse 12 to 14. Now, I'm just going to throw a lot of thoughts in on the way here. So Isaiah uh, 14, verse 12. And I'm reading from old authorized because I've got it marked. How are you fallen from heaven? Fallen. Not that word fall. O Lucifer. And Lucifer means day star. Think of it now. How are you fallen from heaven, O falling star? A falling star, Lucifer, day star. Son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For you have said in your heart, I want you to notice now, I will. Now, uh, those of you who know my style, I'm I'm a jigsaw puzzle teacher. I like to lay out all the parts of the puzzle, then bring them together without forcing the parts. Five times this star, this fallen star, says I will. I want you to keep in mind. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation, the sides of the north. Number four, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high, yet you will be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now, I want you to keep this in mind. Five times he said, I will. Now, let me just digress a little bit here. As I said, you know, when we look at God, 
God's will is always whole and perfect, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God, God's will. So here we have God's will up here, which is always good and perfect and acceptable. He he just wills the best for us because of his nature, as we saw last week. Now, when God created the archangels, he created them with a free will. That's why I said he took a calculated risk. Now, as long as the angels, uh, I'll try and say this carefully, as long as the angels submit their free will to the good and perfect and acceptable will of God, there is peace and harmony in heaven, right? As long as your kids submit to your good and perfect and acceptable will, there's harmony in your house. (laughs) Uh, You don't think. (laughs) I know, I've had two of them. Okay, Uh, but one day... Lucifer five times said, I will, I will, I will, I will. And I'm using the word very carefully. The moment he said, I will, he crossed God's will. Because you see, there can't be two wills. And when he said, I will, he crossed will. And you know, definition of a cross, very simple. A cross is two pieces of wood running in opposite directions. Or a cross is two ideas or two thoughts contradicting each other. And the moment Satan said, or Lucifer said, I will, I will, he crossed God's will. The cross actually began in heaven. And five times he said, I will, I will, I will, I will. And everything that you've got there is self, uh, self-ascension, self, uh, self-ascension, I will ascend, self-exaltation, I will exalt my thoughts, self-enthrone, I'll exalt my, self-dependence, self-deification, I'll be like God. God gets worship, I want worship. Wow. Now, what I'm saying here is, saints, is, and this, as I said, this is very personal, helped me a lot. The essence of sin is self-will. And you see, when, when, when Satan, which we pick up next week, come to Mr. and Mrs. Adam, he says, what's in that tree God doesn't want you to have? You're supposed to be a free will creation. Exercise your, your free will, which would be self-will, which is Satan's will. You're a slave to God's will. We're all going to be a slave to somebody's will either self-will or Satan's will or God's will. I'm a slave to God's will. And you see, all of us, we are all eye specialists. The Pharisee, when he prayed with himself, he said, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. I fast, I tithe, I come to city life. I am a pretty good fellow. I am not like that publican there. And the Bible says he went home petrified while the Pharisee, the publican, went home justified. You see, he, how many think he need to see an eye specialist? <laughs> you see, and, and this is what, another reason with me, but the thought is beautiful. Five times Lucifer said, I will, I will, I will. And when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, doing the Father's will, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus received five wounds. And the five wounds of Jesus on the cross of Calvary is his answer to the five eye wills of Satan, Lucifer, doing his own will in heaven. So what's the principle of the cross? When Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, he doesn't mean you to wear one around your neck and everything like that, or a crucifix. It's just 
because we're all eye specialists, Jesus comes into our life and he puts the horizontal bar across our will where we pray, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's the principle of the cross in our life. That really helped me, Lord. I submit my will to your good, perfect will. That's the principle of the cross in our life. Can you say amen? amen. Look, if you can meditate upon that, I believe it will help you. It's helped me a lot. That's it. That's it. Okay, let's keep moving. Okay, I won't be so long on all the others, but that was the cross. The cross actually began in heaven. And when Satan, Lucifer, crossed God's will, I will, I will, I will five times, Jesus came to earth to die on a cross doing not my will, Father, but your will be done. And five wounds. Now, let's go to Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16. Now, just keep in, in, in mind the word fall. How are you fallen from heaven? And Proverbs 16, 18. And he says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride, notice, notice the order we got on the PowerPoint diagram. Pride, covetousness, and then I will. Five I will. So pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. How are you fallen from heaven? O Lucifer, better is it to be of a humble spirit than the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. For Go to Proverbs 18, very similar, Proverbs 18, and uh, verse uh, 12. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty, and before honor is humility, so pride, pride, pride. Go way over now to 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I want you to notice how Paul uses this word fall. Fall. Um, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy page 666. First uh, Timothy chapter 3. Listen to it. And he's talking about qualifications of elders. Uh, first of all, in verse 6. He says, uh, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride. <laughs> Think of it, lifted up with pride. He fall. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Pride goes before destruction, Holy Spirit before fall. Lest he be lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. And then verse 7, very similar. Moreover, he must have a good report of them that are without, lest he fall. If you mark your Bible, note, note it, lest he fall, lest he fall, lest he be lifted up with pride, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So fall, how are you fallen from heaven? Now, go over to Luke. Everybody with me? You're doing fine out there? Uh, Luke chapter 10 and verse 18. Challenging thought here. Luke 10 and verse 18. And uh, this, this is the 70 now, this 3, 12, 70. So the 70 come back from their salvation, divine healing campaign in verse 17. And the 70 returned with, again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. Will we write a magazine? Our box number being 666. Jesus totally ignored it all. Why? Let's, let's think. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall. 
from heaven. So put the puzzle together. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Pride goes before destruction, haughty spirit before fall. Lest he fall, lest being lifted up in pride, he fall into condemnation of them, lest he fall into the snare and reproach. Wow, that fall thing. I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. We'll come back to that. Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen. So now you see, what's Jesus hinting at? Lucifer fell through pride over his ministry. The 70 have had a wonderful campaign. Even the demons are subject to us. Don't you think we should write a magazine and, you know, have a big camp meeting or something? And Jesus said, look, Satan fell through pride of his ministry. Don't you fall through pride of your ministry. Rejoice not in your ministry. Rejoice that your names are written in the book of life in heaven. Where's our, where's our value? Our ministry? Or our name's written in heaven. And now, I want you to notice this. I beheld Satan fall as lightning. Now, what is lightning? Uh, This symbol, Jesus. Lightning is light that has gone chaotic. Lightning is light that has gotten out of control. And wherever lightning strikes, it causes chaos. It's been known to kill people, even kill elephants that are struck by lightning. So, whatever you may believe on this, I believe when Satan fell, he fell as lightning and maybe, maybe struck this planet Earth and brought about the chaotic condition we have in Genesis 1 when darkness was upon the face of the deep because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. How did it happen? Lightning, I beheld Satan fall as lightning, falling light. How are you fallen from heaven? Oh, day star. Oh, wow. First John chapter 3, verse 8, I'll quote it. The devil sins from the beginning. So, somewhere way back in creation here, in eternity, the devil sinned. One of the 12 was lifted up in pride and self-will. And then John 8, 44, it's very clear. Jesus said, the devil sins from the beginning. He did not abide in the truth. Oh, so he used to be in the truth once, but he fell from the truth. Yes, he did not abide in the truth because there's no truth in him. So I want you to notice there the key words, pride, covetousness. I would be like God. I want worship. God gets worship. I want, why do you think the devil is after worship uh, with the Satanist churches? Increasing on every hand, demonic worship, spiritism, the occult. I have a list of them all here, modern day, because he, he wants worship. I worship Jesus. He even wanted worship from Jesus. He showed the, uh, Jesus, he said, all the kingdoms of this world, you don't need to go to any cross to get it. I'll give you the kingdoms of the world because Adam... When he sinned, he sold them to me. I'll give them to you. If you just worship me. Jesus worshiping the devil. Pride, covetousness, self-will, that's the fall. How many, how many of you are getting some lessons out of this? We have to watch the pride issue. I have to watch it. You know, I don't get tempted to smoke and drink and chew and run with the boys that do. But pride levels, got to watch it. Covetousness, 
wanting something that's not really ours. Self-will, Lord, principle of the cross. Wow. I hope that helps you. All right, let's uh, go for our last number. Wow. All right. Um, Letter D, his rival kingdom. Now, this is what happened, and I I believe if we can get hold of this and meditate on these things, this is uh, what I believe happens now. We have this uh, crossing God's will now. Now, what the devil does, or what Lucifer does, we have the kingdom of God here, the universal kingdom of God, I'll just put the K-O-G, and now out here we have a rival kingdom. A rival kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light. Now, I wish God would have zapped Lucifer the moment he sinned and just got rid of him. But now, I want you to turn over to, uh, yeah, so just think of this, kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, and there's the kingdoms in conflict. And you see, the devil brings this kingdom to earth. Because he gets Adam and Eve into the kingdom and the unborn human race. So what we're wanting to do with the gospel is get people out of the K of D, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of light. That's where the conflict is. And what's the big problem? What's the big problem with everybody? Self-will. I wish we could force people to get saved. I wish we could force them to accept Jesus. But God respects their free will enough to let them go to hell. And Jesus always appealed to the will, if any man will, come after me. If any man will, take up his cross. If any man will, he's always appealing to the will because that's the essence of it. How many see how important this is to just to submit our will to his will? So a rival kingdom. Mystery, you've got on your notes there. Mystery of iniquity. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, and 1 Thessalon- uh, Timothy 3, 16, the mystery of godliness. And I have a whole stack of things here. The world of the occult, magicians, divination, observer times, uh, fire child sacrifice, enchanters, witches, charmers, consulter of familiar spirits, wizards, necromancers, astrologers, soothsayers, sorcerers, all involved in this uh, kingdom here. So... That's what we've got, two kingdoms and there's warfare. All right, now, I'm not sure that this is on the note, but let's see what happened back here. After one of the 12 falls, God permits him to run around in heaven for a little bit, I think. And uh, this is what happened. I want you to turn over to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 Timothy chapter 5. Just a few moments there, you're hanging in there. Are you tired? I get tired. Feeding you people. First Timothy chapter 5. All right, now before I read uh, verse 21, 1 Timothy 5, I think it's for, uh, no, it's 1 Timothy 4, 21. Sorry, 1 Timothy 4, 21. No. No, it is right, 521. Okay, 521. Now, let me, let me say something here. We know now that the devil has his angels because Michael and his angels fought against the devil and his angels. What do you think happened here? 
This is what I believe happened as we put the divine jigsaw puzzle together. The devil has fallen, Lucifer, and he runs around amongst the angels and you see all the angels are going to have their free will tested. And it's like Lucifer goes up and says, hey, all you bunch of angels, you're worshipping God, you're worshipping Jesus Christ, the Word, His eternal name. And you're supposed to be free will creations. Why don't you join my, my church, my kingdom, and of the an, angelical, the Anglican, the, no, the, the, the angelic church. And I'll give you a position, I'll give you power, and we can just set up a whole kingdom here. And all the angels were put to the test whether they would exercise their free will which would be self-will, which would be Satan's will, or whether they would submit their free will, say, no, I'm going to submit my free will. Are you a slave to somebody's will? Yeah, I'm a slave to God's will because I know God, his will is good and acceptable and perfect. He only wills the best for me. Hallelujah, I'm a slave to his will. That, that, that's the bottom line. Now, listen to 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 21. I charge you before God, it's the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the Son and the head of the church, and notice this part, and the elect angels, if you haven't marked your Bible, mark it, the elect angels, that you observe these things without preferring one before another. So, Father, Son, and elect angels. Who are the elect angels? The elect angels are those angels that chose to submit their free will to the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. The fallen angels are the bad guys who exercise self-will. No one's going to tell me what to do. Philosophy of existentialism began in heaven. It just came to earth. The elect angels. All right. Just for our last few moments, let's move quickly through some of this. Wow. I hope you're challenged as I'm always challenged when I minister on this. So letter E, his names and characteristics. Names in scripture are significant of the nature and character of the person. Satan, uh, that means adversary. Satan is the adversary. He hates Jesus Christ. He hates the cross. He hates the church. He hates you. He hates our guts, put in the very plain. He hates every Christian. The devil, number two, the, de the word devil means an opponent or an opposer. He opposes the church, he opposes Christ, he opposes the gospel, he opposes everybody that you witness to, that you want to get out of the kingdom of darkness, out of Satan's kingdom, into the kingdom of God. Serpent number three, it means subtle and a deceiver. All these names have a meaning. Number four, dragon, cruel, crushing devourer. He's a dragon, he's cruel, he's crushing. We see that just in war in the millions and Millions of people are killed in war. It's just terrible. Five, Beelzebub, means he's the god of the flies, god of the dunghill. Filth and feeds upon that. And we see that in the pornography and the, oh, the stuff that's out today, polluting people's minds. Number six, I'll just read these. God of this age, the enemy, number seven, he's the tempter. Number nine, he's an angel of light, falling light murderer, he's a liar, he'd stutter if he told, tried to tell the truth, prince of this age, all right, 
Number F, agents. So I think I've done enough on that. The fallen angels, uh, angels that sinned, the angels that are bound in chains, uh, in contrast to the elect angels, um, the fallen angels, principalities and powers. Our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wicked spirits in heavenly places, Satan's kingdom of darkness, and then on the other side, demon spirits. Um, uh, people might ask me this question. I, as I understand, I don't believe demon spirits are fallen angels. Um, I'll just tell you briefly why. Ain't, uh, fallen angels never seek to inhabit a human body. Demon spirits do. Uh, when the demon spirits were cast out of the legion, uh, they said to Jesus, don't send us to the, the pit or the abyss before our time. They knew their time was coming. Send us into the pigs. And so these unclean spirits went into unclean animals, the pigs, and the pigs didn't want to be demon-possessed, so they committed suicide. <laughs> and that's where, we get, um, de- uh, that's where we get deviled ham from. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's smiling here. Okay. Uh, so wicked spirits and a satanic trio. Oh, so much could be said on that. All right, letter G. Hallelujah for this part. Christ defeated Satan and his host personally for himself in the wilderness and he was tempted like the first Adam and his bride in spirit, soul and body. We'll be picking that up next week. So he conquered Satan uh, personally and and you see, I don't believe the devil really knew, uh, knew who Jesus was. I think the devil just looked at Jesus and thought, well, he was born like a human being and he works like a human being, he's a carpenter, and he gets tired, he has sinless infirmities, he gets tired and he's weary and he eats and sleeps, he has to go to the bathroom like anybody else does, so, you know, I, I caused the first Adam to fall, I caused this, this fellow to fall. I don't think he knew. Satan didn't know that by killing Jesus in death on the cross, he would raise, be raised from the dead. He didn't understand that. He doesn't understand the redemption. We do, by God's mercy. All right, enough on that. Number two, Christ defeated Satan and his hosts representatively for us at Calvary. So underlined personally and representatively, and by his grace and power, we are uh, to individually apply the accomplished victory of the cross of Calvary in our lives. And then I'll have to finish on this because our time's up. H is judgment. Satan's judgment has been progressive over time and will consummate in his being cast out of heaven with all his hosts into the lake of eternity. Uh, I have a chart here, but we haven't got time uh, to do it. But just say, just imagine this chart here. You'll find that there are actually, and this is in the textbook on Foundation Christian Doctrine, there's actually seven steps in the progressive Satan Uh, pardon me, progressive judgment of Satan. Let me just give you just a few here. Uh, One, he was cast out of paradise into the atmospheric heavens. Isaiah 14, Job 1 and 2. Number two, in Revelation, he's cast out of heaven to earth, Revelation 12. Number three, he's cast out of earth to the BP, the bottomless pit, Revelation 19, and hallelujah, finally, number four, he will be cast out 
from the throne of judgment to the lake of fire, Revelation 20, for all eternity. So there's progressive steps in the casting out of Satan. I wish God had have done it way back there, but God's permitted it for a reason because I think at the end of things, God's going to put a notice on earth and say, crime does not pay. Hallelujah. Everybody said hallelujah. Let's stand. Let's have a word of prayer. Time's up. You must, uh, parents, you must go and get your children. Otherwise, you get me into trouble. Let's all stand. Join hands as we close in prayer or lift our hands. Father, we just thank you wonder, just once again uh, just for the overwhelming, awe-inspiring inspiration of your wonderful word, your, your divine jigsaw puzzle. And Lord, we just thank you for the fun you've given us of putting the puzzle together without forcing the parts and just seeing, wow, what a vast plan of redemption you have. Enlarge us spiritually, Lord. Help us all to submit our free will to your perfect will and seek to please you in everything we think, say and do. Let your blessing be upon us until we gather again next Sunday in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said, Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more in-depth teaching on the foundations of Christian doctrine, see the new online video teaching courses by Kevin Connor with over 60 lessons. Visit kevinconnor.org forward slash courses for details.